Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Scott George, your announcer, on this third Sunday after Epiphany. Reverend Jake Sletton. Reverend Jake Sletton will be delivering the message today. Assisting in the worship service is the organist Miss Susan Seniger and the acolytes Michael Hazelman and Gabby James. Today's order of service is at trinityfrystat.com. Radio broadcast today is sponsored by the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church, dedicated to the glory of God. May God bless us as we worship together. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Trinity this morning. Welcome to worship. It's wonderful to be here once again uh, with you to receive from God His Word and His sacraments today that He has so graciously planned uh, and preserved for us. Let's stand this morning and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Members, if you see somebody that you don't recognize or know, maybe somebody that you haven't seen in a while, please go say hi and welcome them today. Special note today is voters will be after church. We open our worship today with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this Sunday, the Lord's Day. Lord, it is on this day, uh, uh, every Sunday, that we celebrate the day in which you rose, uh, in which you came back to life. And Lord, in our holy baptism with you, we are united in that. And for that, Lord, we give you thanks and praise. And Now, as we worship you here, we pray that you would fill our hearts and our minds with a zeal for your house of worship here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand. So we make our beginning this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our help is in the name of the Lord. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? Since we are gathered to hear God's word, call upon him in prayer and praise, 
and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of this altar. Let us first consider our unworthiness and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed, and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ, and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Almighty God, have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. So Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our opening hymn is O Christ, Our True and Only Life, 839 verses 1 through 3. 839 verses 1 through 3. Pity on Zion. Let this be recorded for a generation to come. That he looked down from his holy height to hear the groans of the prisoners. That they may declare in Zion the name of the Lord. When peoples gather together, glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. You will arise and have pity on Zion.
Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, mercifully look upon our infirmities and stretch forth the hand of your majesty to heal and defend us. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Our Old Testament reading this morning is from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, beginning with verse 1. All the people gathered as one man into the square before the water gate, and, and they told Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly, both men and women and all who could understand what they heard, on the first day of the seventh month. And he read from from it facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And as he opened it, all the people stood. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. They read from the book, from the law of God, clearly, and they gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready, for this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. This is the word of the Lord. Sunshine readers, will thou sing for us, singers, sorry, come thou fount of every blessing, God will be our God. Directed by Dana Wormington.
Thank you very much, Sunshine Choir. That was one of my favorite songs. Thank you for singing it for us this morning. Now it's time for all the young disciples who are here today to come forward for the children's message given today by Mrs. Menning. Now's a good time to bring up your offering, your mighty mites, as well. Children's message today will be God Will Be Our Guide by Amanda Menning. Good morning. <laughs> Do you guys know what this is? Cohen and Beckett have a seat right here. Do you guys know what this is? What is this, Charlie? North, east, west, and south. This is showing us what? Our directions. That's right. And I have something else that shows directions because this doesn't move, right? Unless I move it, it just kind of sits there. It kind of serves as a reminder for me and for you guys, and we'll get to that later. But look at what I have on my phone here. Can you see that? Okay. If I point it this way, do you see that little red dot? Which way is it pointing? The red dot's pointing which direction? That way, right? And even if I come stand over here and I turn around five times and I hold it this way, which way is that red dot still pointing? It's pointing north. What if I had Willie Carr stand up back there and hold the, his compass? Which way would his compass point, his red dot? It would always point north, Right? Your compass is always going to go this direction because there's a little magnet inside. And magically, Mrs. Wolf could explain to you how that works. But magically, that works. And north is always that direction every time. We heard from Mr. Goodman about Nehemiah and how he read the word all morning and all afternoon. And pastor's going to talk more about what happened with the people when he was reading the word. But what I want to give you is a little bit of the backstory. How did Nehemiah even get to the people? Okay. And I don't know, Pastor, if you're going to talk about that or not. So <laughs> we, start, we need to start talking before we do this, don't we? So today we're going to hear about Nehemiah reading God's law to the people of Judah. Nehemiah followed God's directions and great things happened. So Nehemiah heard that the people in Jerusalem, that their walls were crumbling down and that they were no longer safe and they didn't have anything to protect them. So Nehemiah went to the king of Babylon and asked them if he could go to the people. And lots of things could have happened in Nehemiah, right? King of Babylon could have said no, right? The king of Babylon could have killed him, right? But Nehemiah prayed and trusted God that his direction was right. His direction to Jerusalem was the right direction. And guess what? The king said, what do you think he said? 
He did. He said yes. And Nehemiah went to Jerusalem and he helped God's people build the wall back and they were safe. God brought the people of Jerusalem protection through Nehemiah following his direction. And boys and girls, look at me. The Bible is full of stories of people following God's direction. And I bet you can think of some of them. Anybody have some of those in their heads? August? Noah, following God's direction. That's a great one. What about you, Logan? Let me come back to you. Okay. Who else can think of people in the Bible following God's direction? What do you think, Cordell? The second half of Jonah's story, and I'm going to get to the first half in a minute. What about Moses? What about Jesus' mother, Mary? Right? The Bible is full of people following God's direction. Time and time again, we see that God will show us the way. And then, like Cordell said, there was Jonah. He didn't want to follow God's direction, did he? But guess what? In the end, what happened? God's directions were followed, and he was glorified in the end of that story. Um, God will always show us the way. It doesn't matter how sad we get, how frustrated we get, how tired we get, whatever problems are going on in our lives. The Bible tells us that God will always show us the way. He will always be our compass, not pointing us north, but pointing us where? To Jesus, right? Our theme for this school year is what? Anybody know? God will be our guide. And our t-shirts look like this. And they're based on a verse in the Bible that talks about and reminds us that God will be our guide. And it's Psalm 48, 14. God will be our God forever and ever. He will guide us forever. And I want you guys to remember that. God will always guide you no matter how scary life gets. He will always guide you back to him through prayer, through reading the Bible, through sanctification, through the different sacraments, whenever we come up and take communion, whenever we're baptized, all of those things help the Holy Spirit grow in us and lead us back to God. And that's such an amazing, exciting thing. Let's all bow our heads and pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for always guiding us through life, even from the time that we are conceived. Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you for our blessings. And in Jesus' name, we all pray. Amen. Okay, you guys can go back and sit down. Thank you. Our epistle reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 31. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. 
For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. Gospel according to St. Luke, the fourth chapter. And Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? 
And he said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. And he said, Truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. But in truth, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, and a great famine came over all of the land. And Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath, in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them were cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian." When they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. And they rose up and drove him out of the town and brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so they could throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Sermon hymn is Praise the One Who Breaks the Darkness, page 849. Hymn 849. pray with me, please. Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Grace and mercy and peace be yours this morning, from God our Father, and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today's meditation is the Old Testament lesson that was just read. Please have that in front of you, uh, because we will be referring to it as we go along here this morning. In verse 9 of the text, you will see there that it says, When the people heard the book of the law being read, that they wept. And the question before us this morning is why? Why did the people weep upon hearing God's word? The people had been in exile for two years, away from home, away from everything that they knew. They were once again in a foreign land, once again in a place that they did not want to be in, very similar to their time in Egypt. And the time was miserable. To say that they were not happy is an understatement. And if we read Psalm 137, it gives us an idea of the emotions that they were feeling upon finally returning home after two years. Ezra, the scribe, is called forward to read the book of the law, to read God's word in front of the people. And so he does that. And as he reads God's word, as the people are finally back in in their homes, they begin to cry. And they begin to weep. And I'm going to read Psalm 137 to you because it is sort of the inside story. It is an eyewitness account to what God's people were enduring during their captivity in Babylon. It says this, By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows there we hung up our lyres, For there our captors required of us songs and our tormentors mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. Let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you. If I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy... Remember, O Lord, against the Edomites, the day of Jerusalem, how they said, lay it bare, lay it bare, down to its foundations. O daughter of Babylon, doomed to be destroyed, blessed shall he be who repays you with what you have done to us. Blessed shall he be who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rock. And so the people weep because they are overcome with emotion, remembering their, all of their captivity. And then finally they are home, and finally they hear God's word being read. And notice that Nehemiah doesn't say that when the people returned to the city that they wept. You see, it wasn't just enough for them to be back where they were familiar. 
You see, for God's people without God's word, home was not complete. And it was just sort of missing its most important part, which of course was God's word. To help us kind of understand this a little bit more, here are some examples. Consider what would happen if the sun suddenly stopped burning. If it just stopped. If the sun stopped burning, the core by which our universe is surrounded would completely fall. It would completely be disoriented. And the universe as God had constructed it would not function in the way that it should. Consider, too, what would happen if gravity stopped working. We'd all be floating up in the air for one thing. But according to science, if gravity stopped working, the sea would lose its place completely. The air, the very air by which we breathe that continues to surround the earth, it wouldn't work right. And everything would simply fall apart. Consider what would happen if our bodies lost the core mechanisms which regulate our body temperature. Your body is an amazing thing. God has every single part of it designed exactly the way that he wants it, specifically so that you can live and breathe and function. And if your core mechanisms, the things by which, you, by, by which your body runs the way that it is supposed to run, if those things failed, you would simply die. And the body would completely fail. Similar. Consider what happens to a group of people or a family that has no center core truths and values around which their lives and their lives together are organized. Relationships would simply fall apart. And suddenly what would happen is, is that, and what does happen, is that everybody begins to look out for themselves. And everybody begins to look out for number one. Because if nobody else cares about me, then who else is going to care about me, right? So everybody begins to look out for number one. Consider what happens to a person who lives without regard to central core truths and meaning. Consider what does happen to people who are like this. I'm sure that we all know some. Their lives are devoid of any sort of purpose. The lives are devoid, are devoid of any sense of meaning. And they just sort of go through life flailing away as best as they can without having any core truths or value or meaning for which to keep them centered. Life without a center is lived with little to no purpose and more than likely is full of chaos. And this is why the people wept. 
Because, yeah, they had returned home. Yes, they had come back to their familiar surroundings. But their lives were still full of chaos. And why? Because God's Word had not been read yet. Because God's Word, which was the center of their lives, which was their core, which was what gave their lives meaning and purpose, had not yet been reestablished. Yes, the walls were rebuilt, the people were protected, but for them, all of that was meaningless. Without their center. Without God's Word. Something was missing. Not just any something, but the core of their lives, their heartbeat. Because without their center and their sun and their gravity, coming back home was meaningless and worthless. So it says in verse 8, as you see there, Ezra read plainly from the book of the law of God, interpreting it so that all could understand what was read. And then finally, their world made sense again. Not because of their city, not because of the, the building that, that they found themselves in, but because of the fact that once again they could hear God's word with their own ears. And it gave them purpose. It gave them the only purpose, and it gave them meaning. And so I'm sure that all of you, most of you, kind of know where I'm going with this, right? And so I ask you, I want you to think, and we're actually going to take about 20 seconds. And I want you to think. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old that you are. I want you to think. What is your core in your life? What gives your life meaning? What gives your life purpose? Is it money? Is it security? Is it your family? Is it your kids? Is it your job? Is it your spouse? Is it an obsession to be better than everyone else? What is it? And so, we're all going to take about 20 seconds, and we're going to ponder that, and we're going to think about that. What is that that gives your life meaning? What is it that gives your life purpose? Take 20 seconds. Unless what you just spent 20 seconds thinking of was God's Word, anything else that you thought of, kind of like what we said last, last week, anything else that you thought of can be taken away in an instant. Just like it happened with God's people. Their home was not only taken away, but do you think that they heard God's Word in a foreign land? I think not. And that's why they wept. And that's why they were so moved when they heard God's word with their own ears. And then 
after that happens, listen to what is said to them after that. For all of the people wept as they heard the words of the law, God's word. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our God, to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And there, my friends, is the beauty of the gospel. Is that when we take our lives and we center them around other stuff, that does not include God's word, Jesus still keeps us at the center of his life. Every day. All day. And so something else has to be our core. As we have seen from God's people, it is and always has been God's word, specifically Jesus Christ. Specifically, he as our center. Specifically, he as our core. He is the only one who can give our lives meaning and purpose. The Apostle Paul writes this as well. If our hope is in anything else but Christ, we are to be pitied more than all people. Because everything else can be taken away. Everything can. You do not have to raise your hand, but how many of you have ever had the sudden loss of a loved one? You weren't expecting it at at all. I know that a lot of you have. And that loved one meant a, a great deal to you, and I'm not saying that that's not okay, because it absolutely is, but what I am telling you is that it can be taken away, as you have seen. The center of your life, the core of your life, regardless of what you do for a job, regardless of how much money that you have, regardless of how well that your kids do at sports or at school or anything else, the center of our lives must be Christ. And this goes so, this goes so much further beyond, well, you have to come to church in order to be a Christian, this goes so far beyond that. The question and the statement that should really be be said is, how can you not come to worship? How can you not surround your family with God's Word? Whether it's in church, whether it's in your home, whether it's whatever you're filling your ears with. How can we not? How can we, as God's people, expect to live without His Word? Expect to live without His Son? We can't. On a much smaller scale, flowers cannot live unless they have soil and sun and water and all of of this other stuff. A flower without that stuff is not much of a flower. Similarly, just as we said, if the sun suddenly stopped burning, if gravity stopped working, if our bodies lost their core mechanisms, all of those things, we are nothing without Christ. I'll give you an example from my own life. I absolutely love watching my kids play sports. I love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. But if they grow up and they don't know Christ, what was it all for? Let's say that 
MJ goes and he gets a college scholarship at the best Division I school ever. Great, but if he doesn't know Christ, can he take the scholarship with him? No, he definitely can't. I'm not saying that those things, those outside blessings are bad things. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, is that if it becomes your core and your center and your meaning, you have no center. And your life is without meaning. And your life is without purpose. And that's why you come to church. And that's why you read God's Word. That's why you center everything about your life upon this Word and upon He who died on the cross. He is our Son. He is our gravity. He is what gives our life meaning. Because without Him, our lives are completely worthless. And so going back to our original question, why did the people weep? They wept because they were so overjoyed and filled with hope that their center, everything that their lives revolved around was back. And they heard it once again. Oh, that God's Word would move all of us to tears from time to time. Jesus is our center. He is our beginning. He is our middle and our end. And so my encouragement to all of us here today, to myself as well, is that if, if, if He is not currently at your center, that you would do some, some very deep soul searching and make it so. And that if, if he, he is, or perhaps you have faltered from that from time to time, and trust me, all of us fall into one of those two categories, that by God's Holy Spirit, He will keep His promises to you. He will keep His promises to us. That even though we might journey off away from Him, we will always be at His center. We will always be His focus. We will always be His joy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now say together the words of our Christian faith using the Apostles' Creed it is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated.
At this time, I would invite uh, those two who will be getting confirmed uh, at this time to please come forward. So Melissa and Jessica, please come forward. And uh, Melissa, you get to be first. We are following the ride of confirmation in your hymnal on page 272, if you would like to follow along. Beloved in the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ said to his apostles, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You have been baptized and catechized in the Christian faith according to our Lord's bidding. Jesus said, whoever confesses me before men, I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Lift up your hearts, therefore, to the God of all grace, and joyfully give answer to what I now ask you in the name of the Lord. Do you this day in the presence of God and of this congregation acknowledge the gifts that God gave you in your baptism? Yes, I do. do you renounce the devil? Yes, I renounce him. Do you renounce all his works? Yes, I renounce him. Do you renounce all his ways? Yes, I renounce him. Do you believe in God the Father Almighty? Yes, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Yes, I believe Do you hold all the prophetic and apostolic scriptures to be the inspired word of God? I do. Do you confess the doctrine of the Evangelical Lutheran Church, drawn from the scriptures as you have learned to know it from the small catechism, to be faithful and true? I do. Do you intend to hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? Do you intend to live according to the Word of God, and in faith, word, and deed, to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death? I do, by the grace of God. Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession and church, and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? I do, by the grace of God. We rejoice with thankful hearts that you have been baptized and have received the teaching of our Lord. You have confessed the faith and been absolved of your sins. As you continue to hear the Lord's word and receive his blessed sacrament, he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And we'll put this over. Well, no, I won't. Okay, so you get to kneel right here. Melissa, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and of the Spirit and has forgiven you all of your sins, strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. Melissa, the verse that you have chosen uh, as your confirmation verse is Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. It, it says this, 
Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. You can stand. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for your great goodness in bringing this daughter to the knowledge of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and enabling her with the heart to believe and with the mouth to confess his saving name. Grant that bringing forth the fruits of faith that she may continue steadfast and victorious to the day when all who have fought the good fight of faith shall receive the crown of righteousness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And so, Jessica, do you this day, in the presence of God and of this congregation, acknowledge the gifts that God gave you in your baptism? Yes, I do. do you renounce the devil? Yes, I renounce do you renounce all his works? Yes, I renounce. Do you renounce all his ways? Yes, I renounce. Do you believe in God the Father Almighty? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Yes, I believe Do you hold all the prophetic and apostolic scriptures to be the inspired word of God? I do. Do you confess the doctrine of the Evangelical Lutheran Church drawn from the scriptures as you have learned to know it from the small catechism to be faithful and true? Do you intend to hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? Do you intend to live according to the word of God and in faith, word, and deed to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death? Do you, con- do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession in church and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? We rejoice with thankful hearts that you have been baptized and have received the teaching of the Lord. You have confessed the faith and been absolved of of your sins. As you continue to hear the Lord's word and receive his blessed sacrament, he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion of the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. And you may kneel. Jessica, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and of the Spirit, and has forgiven you all of your sins, strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. And Jessica, the verse that you have chosen as your confirmation verse is Psalm 138, verse 3. It, it says, On the day I called you, on the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul you increased. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for your great goodness in bringing this daughter to the knowledge of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and enabled her with the heart to believe and with the mouth to confess his saving name. Grant that bringing forth the fruits of faith that she may continue steadfast and victorious to the day when all who have fought the good fight of faith shall receive the crown of righteousness. 
Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Congratulations. And at this time, uh, any who are new members to us uh, that I have gotten into contact with, you know who you are, uh, please come forward. All of you just kind of come and stand right in front here. You can kind of line up kind of like that. Matthew won't bite, I promise. Dear members of Trinity Lutheran Church, the people before you having been baptized and taught in the teachings of the Word of God, desire to become members of this congregation. Brothers and sisters, our Lord Jesus Christ promises to confess before His Father in heaven those who, who, those who faithfully confess Him on earth. You have come before this Christian congregation to declare your faith and to unite with us in Christian love and fellowship. Therefore, lift up your hearts to the God of all grace and joyfully answer these questions. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If so, say, I do. Do you believe that the teaching of the Evangelical Lutheran Church, as you have learned to know it from Luther's small catechism, is faithful and true to the Word of God? If so, answer, I do. Do you intend to continue steadfast in the true Christian faith, to be diligent in the use of God's Word and sacraments, and lead a godly life even to death? If so, then answer, I do, and I ask God to help me. Will you support with your prayers, time, talents, and offerings the work that our Lord has given to this congregation? If so, answer, I will, and I ask God to help me. Having heard your promises, we, the members of Trinity Lutheran Church, receive you in fellowship and love and invite you to share in our worship and mission. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we pray the Lord's Prayer together as a congregational family. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And all of you get to turn around and face these beautiful people. Uh, And would you all please welcome these folks to our church this morning. Uh, And because of all of you, we get to have cake later. So uh, thank you for coming up, and you may go back to your seats. At this time, we will gather our tithes and offerings. In the pew that you are in is a red sign-in book. Uh, Whether you are a member or a guest with us, please find that book. Uh, Please write your names in it so that we know that you were here to worship with us. We gather our tithes and offerings.
Bob Sanger will sing, Lord, take my hand and lead me. Lord, take my hand and lead me upon life's way. Direct, protect, and feed me from day to day. Without your grace and favor, I go astray. So take my hand, O Savior, and lead the way. Lord, when the tempest rages, I need not fear. For you, the rock of ages, are always near. Close by your side abiding, I fear no foe. For when your hand is guiding, in peace I go. shadows lengthen and night has come. I know that you will strengthen my steps toward home, and nothing can impede me, O blessed friend. So take my hand and lead me unto the end. Please stand for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray to you that in your mercy that you would help us to keep your word, Jesus Christ, as the center and core of our lives. May we live by your holy word. May we live together as one communion by your word. Thank you that even though we behave differently, that you continue to remain as the center of our lives. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for this nation, for those elected and appointed to positions of leadership, to provide us with daily bread and for the common good of us all. Lord, in your mercy, we pray also, Lord, for seasonable weather, for the fruitfulness of the earth. Lord, in your mercy, for laborers in their 
labor, for the armed forces and police who defend us, for medical workers who care for us, and for the noble character of honest work, Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we also pray for all who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. We pray especially for those on our health list, for Melba and for Landreth, for Janice and Myron and Carol and Oren, for Ethel and for Joan and for Addison, for Steve and for Becky and for Wayne, for Bob and for Bob and for Mark and Lorne and Gary, and for Emma and for Brenda, for Rose Marie, for Arlene, for Bob and for John and for Debbie, Marianne and Ellie, Mary and Fred and Lisa, Maxine, Ramona, and for Jen. Lord, we also pray a special prayer for Melba McCord, who is recovering from surgery this past weekend. Lord, we also pray for all those that we know who are suffering, that we name before you in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy. For wisdom, Lord, we pray to cherish the gift of life, for the protection and care of mothers with child, and for our pursuit of just laws that will extend protection to the child in the womb. Lord, in your mercy. For our communion this day, we pray, Lord, for hearts led to repentance and faith renewed by the Spirit, and for the true unity of faith that will bear the fruit of Unity at the table of our Lord. Lord, in your mercy. We pray also a special prayer for all with birth birthdays. For Dorothy Osterlow, who is celebrating 92 years of life on January the 28th. And for Marie Short, who will celebrate 80 years of life on January the 28th as well. Lord, we pray that in your mercy and love that you would keep them in your steadfast care and love in this next year. Lord, in your mercy. Finally, for all these, for the Lord also to grant us all things beneficial and to keep us from all things harmful. Lord, in your mercy. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us and all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin giving him into death that we might not die eternally. Because he has now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing.
us, Lord, as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. And with Lutheran Christians, you confess, I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith in life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Sunshine Ringers was played, Lord, Take My Hand and Lead Me, directed by Amanda Minnie.
next hymn is O Love How Deep, hymn 544, hymn 544.
And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us of this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. The closing hymn is hymn 839 verses 4 and 5. It's been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service invite you to worship with us next Sunday at 10 a.m. If you're not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Scott George. All right, and so some announcements before we close with our worship today. Uh, the Ladies' Aid Workday is tomorrow, January the 28th at 9 a.m. The Board of Evangelism will be holding an in-gathering of food today and February 3rd as well. The table is in the Narthex for food and monetary donations. Your contribution statements are in your mailbox. Please review them as soon as possible and report any discrepancies to the office. Everyone is invited to the Friends of Christ Super Bowl party at the home of Jeff and Marcy 
Perigen next Sunday, beginning at 4.30. Uh, chili and chicken and noodles uh, for supper. Please bring... Please bring side dishes to share. If, if you are not sure where Jeff and Marcy live, uh, please give us a call at the church office and we'll be happy to provide you with directions. Uh, next Sunday, uh, for 7th through 8th grade, uh, the uh, Sunday morning Sunday school class will begin in the school in the classroom that is right up the stairs and to the left in Mrs. Menning's classroom. So that is for 7th through 8th grade. Uh, the Everyone Has Witnessed workshop uh, concludes tonight at 5.30 in, in the same room. And then there is a voters meeting today after the potluck dinner. Uh, we will be electing officers and committee members as well. Uh, so please be sure to uh, attend that also. And with that in mind, let's uh, all pray together the common table prayer. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. And let these gifts to us be blessed. May our souls by thee be fed <clears throat> ever on the living bread. Amen. And also, again, a very special welcome to all of our new members this morning. We are so pleased and thrilled and honored that you have joined us here. Uh, and uh, we are having uh, some cake in your name uh, over at the potluck. So please join us there. I pray that you all be very, very blessed week.